No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Hello, and welcome to New Right Network, Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harper, and my guest today is Anaf Kalim. Kalim, I'm sorry about that. So how are you? How's it going, Anaf? It's good. Good to be with you. So tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so um, I am, so I guess we'll start. I am an associate with uh, an organization called the Counter Islamist Grid. Uh, My job is mainly as a journalist, uh, an activist, researcher. Um, I just graduated from uh, the University of Colorado uh, with political science and international studies. Um, I would consider myself somebody who uh, spent a little bit of time on the left and in principle got left by the left. Um, I started noticing things, particularly on a modern college campus, that uh, just were not the things that uh, people, the mainstream academics, were I think should, in principle, be trying to defend and fight for. Uh, okay. Naturally, I kind of looked into just, I just took a step back, uh, looked at the world around me, just talked to some new people, and found myself um, kind of drifting closer towards the right. Um, right. And even so, now, oh, sorry. Let me ask you this. You said that you were a member of the left for quite some time, yeah. and then you noticed that they weren't representing the thoughts and ideas that you hold dear to heart. At what point did you realize that? Uh, You know, the big thing was probably uh, just the topic of Islam. Um, An uh, ex-leftist, I'm also uh, an ex-Muslim. I grew up, I was raised in Islam. Um, And then certain things happened. I think the big one was the uh, Charlie Hebdo attacks in Paris. Mm Uh, the cartoonists, 12 mm-hmm. of them were, you'll remember, murdered for drawing a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad. And even then, uh, at the time, as a practicing Muslim, as uh, somebody who considered themselves to be on the left, at least with regards to, uh, obviously not today, but the group that you would think would be the staunchest defenders of things like free speech, especially making a joke or a cartoon. Right. Um, and that kind of led me to do a lot of soul searching. I was kind of split. Do I, uh, uh, how do I reconcile these deeply held beliefs with my interest in defending free speech, especially in a free society like France? Right. Um, did some research. I read extensively into the Quran, Islamic history, the life of Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And more and more as I did that, I would realize things that the left in particular was just just straight up dishonest about right. with regards to Islam. 
And the more those things registered with me, uh, the more I kind of became aware of some of the things that the left likes to do to kind of whitewash certain things, which in this case right. are very important things. Okay, so is there any specifics that you could point out that just really blaringly stood out? Mm. Because like uh, you said, you were, you were, you were raised uh, in the religion of Islam. So mm. that, and then to come out, I mean, to have your eyes opened and you see mm. that, hey, this is not what I'd like, Right. What specifically stood out for you? Um, we'll say, God, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> just one, just one big thing that you might say. My favorite is this mantra I hear: uh, "Muhammad was a feminist." Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> that's, that's just total crap. Um, but okay. uh, just a uh, revisionism left and okay. right. Uh, so, what are your family? Is your, how how is your family with this? Um, thankfully, you know, I'm pretty fortunate. My family is pretty understanding. Uh, okay. Of course, they don't quite like uh, my position. They don't entirely approve of uh, my line of work, mm -hmm. but uh, but I think they understand it a little better. Um, so, so as a journalist, as you say, hmm. what do you what do you hope to bring to light? Uh, so, or is there a mission that you have? Yeah, it's um. The mission of the uh, counter-Islamist grid that I belong to, uh, half of it is actually to work with uh, moderate Muslim groups and try and find who they are, try and empower them, uh, give them the mainstream voice uh, on what Islam should be. Okay. Whereas um, currently, the things I kind of write about and like to bring to public light are uh, radical Islamist organizations that operate under the guise of, you know, very benign charities, mosques, human rights organizations, mm -hmm. and then might go do things like, you know, cut out checks to, you know, Hamas overseas or terrorist organizations. And right. meanwhile, these organizations are the one enjoying support from the left and the mainstream. Uh, Why do you think that is? Because you hear the left constantly saying that, hey, uh, at times, they will say that Islam suppresses women's rights, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, they will say something completely different. And just hearing you say that, a person who was of the faith, and like you said, your eyes were awakened and you see something completely different. Mm. How, how long ago did you come to this re revelation? Um, I think the first uh, drop in the bucket would have been for maybe five years ago, mm -hmm. um, and ever this since predates. I'm sorry, this predates the Donald Trump coming into office. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I you know care less at the time about Donald Trump about right. Barack Obama. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I think you, you kind of hit it there when uh, you know things like women's rights, for instance, uh, mm -hmm. gay rights, uh, minority rights, religious minorities. Uh, you know, it's been said, uh, dearly respected author of mine, uh, Douglas Murray, um, he made this point that when Islam is in a position, in a minority position in society, uh, which, as you know, we have today in the United States and the West, uh, they seem to be very loud and enjoy the support of the left on topics about minority rights. Um, and then when that minority comes into the position of being the majority, those minority rights go out the window. Um, 
gay rights go out the window, women's rights go out the window, and you would hope at least and maybe expect that the feminists, uh, so-called feminists here in the West would be a little more keen to understanding what is going on in the Muslim world, but they're really doing a very big disservice by, you know, anytime somebody with very honest concerns about the treatment of, say, women, gays, other minorities in the Islamic world, uh, try to bring these concerns to light. They're, you know, labeled as an Islamophobe, as a racist, a bigot. Um, and, you know, shockingly enough, this extends to people, you know, of Muslim background. I've been called things, uh, pretty ugly things. Uh, right house Muslim, native informant, uh, my favorite is coconut. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, they're really doing a disservice more than just the name calling to the women in, and, and the gays and you know, Jews, atheists, non-believers right. in the Muslim world who, right. who really need you know, the support of liberal-minded people. And I say liberal with a small L, but uh, people who you know believe in things like human rights and human yep. freedom uh, they're being totally thrown under the bus yeah so just w one man yourself and like you said the organization that you're part of mm. uh, it seems as if though you're trying to take take this on to is it safe to say to educate people as to what Islam is all about yeah this is um because you know, a little bit Okay, because you had have you completely left the religion, or yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm a I'm a disbeliever in in it. Um, on two kind of claims, we'll say the first is that uh, you know you read it and you say this is obviously just BS. Uh, right, okay, <laughs> Muhammad flying to heaven on a winged horse, right. a literate warlord in the desert reciting the perfect word of God. God only speaks Arabic. There's so, that half. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Um, the other half is just the, the immorality that I've found in the uh, in Islam. And the thing is, I'm. It's kind of a difficult line because what the organization is trying to do is not to, you know, put this message out that Islam is this horrible, terrible thing, but that it has the same potential that you know Christianity and Judaism and other religions, uh, you know, because of human capacity, are able to you know think for themselves and. Right. Not be beholden to these terrible ancient ideas. So allow me to ask you this: What are your thoughts on the other religions, mm. Christianity? Um, in uh, just in terms of belief, uh, objectively, scientifically, uh, I don't particularly believe in uh, the metaphysical claims to a god. We'll say. Okay. But at the same time, just uh, in, in college, having studied you know, uh, world religions pretty extensively, there is a lot of interesting motifs and recurring themes that it would be dishonest to just kind of dismiss as nothing. Uh, okay. I might not believe them to be the words of the creator of the universe, but, right. but there is some depth to them, and I, I think that we shouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater just because, you know, some scientific claims in there are not true. Um, so it's, are you saying that you do believe you do believe there is a higher power or higher being? Um, the concept that we're saying mm, that might not be the case. Yeah, I um, okay. and I guess I'm agnostic in that sense. I, I'm just okay. going to say I don't know. Um, okay. 
But, uh, and for a while there, immediately after I kind of uh, had my falling out with Islam, I, I was kind of the, uh, the college militant atheist, you know, <laughs> screw God, religion is right. all evil. Um, uh, which is not to say that I'm not an admirer of people like uh, Christopher Hitchens or, um, or the like, but, but yeah, as, um, as has been said by, by others, I mean, Maybe it's true that the church has had, you know, two millennia to think about these questions that that we seem to have all figured out. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But right. but there is something t- worth taking out of uh, scriptures, I think, even right. if you don't believe. So that being said, where do you see yourself on the political spectrum? Or do you even view things from that? Yeah, I... I uh, <laughs> I like to say I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm even hesitant to say I'm on the left or the right, but okay. you know for every it's kind of everyone's thing though. Everyone says they're on the center, just like everybody checks off the middle class box, whether you're right. a millionaire. Or not. <laughs> right. But um, no, I I I like just I, I like to think I look at the world through a classical liberal lens. Uh, I like things like free speech, uh, small government, human rights. Um, one place I tend to um, kind of uh, find myself a little divorced from my colleagues on both the left and the right is mainly on, let's say, foreign policy. Okay. Um, I have been called, and in some cases, uh, very cautiously, I'll add, uh, been called a something of a hawk, uh, <laughs> which could mean anything, right? Um, okay. But um, yeah, it's almost because of certain uh, libertarian principles uh, that I think uh, all the world should be able to enjoy certain freedoms, the things that we often take for granted here in the U.S. and in the West. Um, to put it into perspective, there's... Uh, some 13 countries I can't visit because uh, leaving Islam is punishable by death. And um, I think, so maybe I'm a hawk, not necessarily with bombs, but uh, I would like to extend the privileges that we have to be able to say things like, Muhammad was a pedophile. Or... (laughs) (laughs) You're right, in some circles you could get stoned. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm lucky. Uh, getting stoned here in the United States is a much different meaning than elsewhere. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, and it's uh, another sin, I think, a deep sin that the left is guilty of right now is just cheapening these things. Uh, right. They don't have. They don't understand the value of the ability to just make a joke, to, to say right. something you know that might offend somebody. When on the other side of the world, these things are rights that people are literally dying trying to exercise. Right. So through your writings, you're hoping to get this across to people to see, okay, this is, you're in liberal Colorado. Yes. So <laughs> I'm sure that's definitely a, uh, a task. Yes. To, because, of course, there's always that side that thinks that they're right, their ideas are right, the other ideas are wrong. And if I'm understanding you correctly, you don't consider yourself left or right, but in the middle. Yeah. Um, so being in the middle, is there word for the right as well as the left? I'm sorry, one more time? I said being in the middle. Did you have a word for the right as well as the left? Um, Words of cautionary? 
I mean, because we, everyone has their own belief system. Yeah. Uh, and everyone thinks that they're right. Mm. To me, in this day and age, it seems as if though the left is pushing an agenda that's extremely way out there. Yeah. Uh, and of course, they would say that the right is doing the same thing. And back when you really look at it, it, it seems as if though the right is the side that wants to say, hey, free speech, whereas yeah. the left wants to silence free speech. Look at our universities. Yeah, it's strange. Be for free speech, but it, it's just the opposite to what seems. Yes. So and, uh, it, it really is just uh, the, the labels just don't mean anything anymore. Um, if you tell somebody, let's say, for instance, I introduce myself as a liberal, that might in some circles mean that I like small government, free speech, uh, free markets, capitalism. To other people, it might mean that I think you should go to jail for saying a joke. And you really can't be too careful with trying to right. clear up where you sit on things. And right. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, the, the left's agenda has gone so far out of whack that I don't think they even know what they're doing anymore. Right. It's kind of just trying to out-progressive themselves and out-virtue uh, themselves and show the world how virtuous they are, even if they, there's no uh, substance to any of it. Right. Um, and, and, what, and what they're saying, it seems as though they're stepping on their own message. They say that yes. they're virtuous, yet still they attack innocent people, people that they don't agree with. And when I say attack, sometimes physically and verbally yes. attack. And that was never the case. So, so we fought. Maybe it was there and it was hidden. However, now it has manifested itself and, you know, no one seems to care. They do these things and it's quiet. Whereas if a conservative or someone on the right were to act out, you know, we would be hearing about it and reading about it for days and days and days. And right. And, and so it, it makes you wonder, it begs the question, you know, what exactly, what book are they looking at or what uh, book? Aren't they looking at? Yeah, I would. I, I mean, that's a stretch to say they, they're even looking at a book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in fact, I would hope that they would look at more books. Um, right. Right. Yeah, they uh, they've just lost the principles. Is the thing um, you see this with? Uh, you've probably seen recently. I think this is from yesterday. The uh, the photo of the washed up father and his dead child. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, you know, tragic, of course. Uh, nobody in the world, uh, despite anyone's political leanings, could feel anything but sympathy for that. Right. But you can see what the media and the left is trying to do with this. Mm -hmm. When else in the world would the mass media publish a picture of a dead child? Exactly. They did it once before in Europe with uh, the three-year-old Turkish boy, uh, yep. sorry, the uh, Syrian boy in Turkey, Ilan Kurdi. And that one photograph of a dead infant changed Europe's entire immigration policy uh, off of, you know, just sentiments, off of, you know, just ill feelings that we actually have to see this dead child now and who are we to not do anything about it? Yes, and it's over and over again as if though mm. they're trying, they are twisting the message to say this is not the conservatives' fault, but it's Donald Trump's fault. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what happened, Donald Trump's. Whereas if you look back in time, I think it was in 2000, probably 2012, Barack Obama said in an interview, not to send your children to the border. If you yes. do, it could be dangerous. And if you do, there is no guarantee that they're going to make it. You hardly ever see that video. And there are other videos 
but past presidents and representatives and senators who said the same thing. We need immigration reform. Yes. We need it right now. But all of, all of a sudden, it's changed. Everyone is quiet. I'm like, we need to play that over and over and over again. They need to own it. Yes. It's yeah. Unreal. That's that's really the, the message that they're sending, whether they're meaning to or not, is I'm better than you. I'm a better person than you. I, I am more virtuous. I am more caring. And you are not because you, you know, might think A, B, or C about something like, say, immigration. Right. Um, meanwhile, like, look at us helping dead children. Um, right. Right. And, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, the, very relevant that Barack Obama quote. Um, yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's bang on, and other people on the left have, have said the same thing. And you know, I'm not a particular fan of Obama, but he he. He's pragmatic about things when, when he sees what I think the rest of us are seeing. Even before that, he, he came out and I think he said something like he's, he, he too is sick of this, you know, this identity politics kind of thing. He's Obama, Barack Obama, you know, sick of hearing just people throw around words like Nazi and fascist. Right. Um, he's sick of it, but I, I wonder why being the, the, the big guy, the head of the Democratic Party, as they always say that the past president is, why hasn't he come out and said more? He said other things. He's gone overseas mm. and he's, you know, at a very slightly way attacked the current administration. Yeah. But something with the identity politics, one would think that he would come out and say, we need to end the grievances. We need to end the back and the back and forward. We need to respect each other, but not a word, it's almost as if though he's saying it's okay. It's okay to go out and attack a conservative. It's okay to do these things. Mm. And I would think that if anyone, if he were to come out and to say, we need to stop it. Yeah. But it's like, he won't. He'll comment on everything else, but he will not. And I'm surprised that the media isn't calling him out on it. They're constantly mm. calling the current president, oh, he should say this, he should say that. But I'm like, what about the responsibility of the past president who, in my opinion, created a lot of this division yes. uh, that, we, that we see right now? Why hasn't he come out and said anything constructive to his own party to say this needs to stop? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he was actually very strategic and careful in saying you know, some of these statements only after mm -hmm. his term is over. Right. Um, because, you know, he's, he's, he's very good at pandering. Right. Um, but yeah, he, um, Obama, uh, I mean, look, I'm not like a huge fan of Donald Trump. Uh, right. But uh, I mean, if, if you don't understand that he is, he's a symptom, not the, not the underlying thing. Right. In other words, uh, you know, a lot of my leftist colleagues like to think that, oh, Donald Trump got elected because uh, <laughs> the, uh, Every single American basically became a, a racist overnight or uh, whatever. It's unbelievable. Else. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, were you not paying attention for the last eight years? No. And, and equally interesting is the fact that he became a racist the moment he decided to run for the presidency. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, everyone loved him. You could look at video clippings of him being in all these different settings with blacks and whites and green people and blue people. Yeah. But... The moment he became president, he's a racist. And 
the things that he's accomplished in the, his first two years, things that most no president has ever done because they yeah. normally wait for the second term because they're afraid, hey, if I mess up during the first term with something they don't like, yeah. they'll vote me out. But he's gone full speed ahead. It's, it's, it's remarkable. It's unbelievable. So just what are you doing right now? We're coming um, up on the uh, hour. So what are you doing now? How can people find out, learn more about you, get involved? I think what you're doing is great. Uh, if we have other like-minded people who would, you know, see things the way you see it, but of course people see things differently. So how can we, how can people learn more about you and what you're doing? Um, I guess the, the main outlet that I push my work is just through my Twitter. Uh, it's okay. just my first name, my handle. Uh, I'll spell it out. A-H-N-A-F-K-A-L-A-M, one word. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of doing a bit of everything though. I'm doing the journalism and the counter-Islamist grid. Uh, I am also playing guitar in a band. Uh, we go on tour next month, which I'm looking forward to. And what type um, of music? Um, I actually just joined this band. Uh, my first drummer from a band eight years ago got in touch with me. Okay. Uh, the guitar player quit and uh, I kind of came along and this band is kind of like spooky goth rock with, uh, with a female vocalist. Uh, okay. Very talented young girl. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, her name is Sharon. It's the name of the band. Okay. And your writings, where else do you, are you publishing where? Um, kind of uh, all over the place. Um, okay. My main uh, home, we'll say, for my writing is uh, Aereo Magazine. Okay. Um, it, uh, it's an and you're online... writing about, you're, I'm sorry, you're writing about politics or? Uh, yeah, everything from... Okay. Uh, Politics. I mainly actually focus on uh, like international affairs, foreign policy, okay. terrorism. Okay. Okay. Um, well, hopefully, the uh, new Right Network can get some of your writings on our, our site as well, and people can uh, read some of the things that you're talking about. Just talking with you these past thirty minutes, it seems to be you're really passionate about your cause mm-hmm. and what you've seen and where you've been. And I think that that's always important when you're getting ready to put a message out there to people that you're engaged. And you, you're speaking, you're writing about what you know and your passion, how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that's great. Uh, so well, I appreciate been, it. Yes, you've been listening to uh, the podcast right now for the New Right Network. Follow us online with Twitter, New Network, New Network. Uh, and, uh, this is Rob Harper. And uh, thank you. And uh, come back again. Thanks a lot, enough. Cheers. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.